Good morning, movie friends. Welcome back to the Court of Cinema podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and this is the show where we talk about everything film and TV related. Last week, Thursday, I got a chance to see the long-awaited Flash, finally, so I thought I'd come on here and give you my quick, spoiler-free thoughts on the film. It doesn't matter if you're the slowest kid in gym class or the fastest man alive, every one of us is running. Being alive means running, running from something, running to something, or someone. And no matter how fast you are, there are some things you just can't outrun. Some things always manage to catch up to you. I've been wanting this movie for quite a long time. The Flash is one of my favorite heroes, definitely in the top 10, and he means so much to so many people. And the history of this production made it seem like we would never get this movie at all. It went through many different directors just because of creative differences. It was originally slated to release in 2018. That was back when Zack Snyder was still helming the DC Universe. Obviously, that didn't happen since we're now in 2023 when this movie's now coming out. Creative differences in COVID really made it seem like this movie would never even come out. And even at one point, Ezra Miller himself was on board to write and direct this movie, and that obviously didn't happen. Now, after 10 seasons of Grant Gustin's The Flash show and many, many blood, sweat, and tears, we finally have this movie now in 2023. It received a lot of praise, a lot of people saying it's one of the best comic book movies of all time. Tom Cruise saying it's the movie that we need right now. And does it live up to this very massive, gargantuan amount of hype that it's built up? And the answer is no. This movie is mid. It's not good. Let me talk about it. So first, I'll address the elephant in the room. I want to talk about the CGI. The CGI in this movie looks abysmal. We shouldn't be writing off bad CGI for multi-billion dollar companies. Man of Steel released 10 years ago, and it looks better than this movie. The director, Andy Buscinetti, did come out and say that it looks bad intentionally because everything in Barry's point of view is supposed to look weird. But the Polo Express, released in 2004, directed by Robert Zemeckis, the Christmas animated movie, that looks better than this. That shouldn't be a reality. We shouldn't be writing off bad CGI. I think that the two berries, the doubles, that does work for a majority of the film, in my opinion. But it definitely hits a point where it's like, okay, they just kind of push this out as fast as they could. And just moving back to what the director said, where it's intentionally supposed to look bad. I think that in some sequences, it does work, like in the opening. And it really does work where we have a lot of, where we have a lot of action set pieces revolving around the Flash. That could work, but majority of the film just does not look good, and we shouldn't be excusing it at all. So now moving on to the pacing of the movie, I think that the opening of the movie is pretty rushed, and I think that is a little bit intentional. I mean, even the title sequences just happen so fast, it's just moving, moving, moving. It's like, okay, well, that's, I guess it's a Flash movie, but we got to slow down a little bit. Now, the opening is rushed, like I said, and there is bad CGI in the opening, but the opening is very fun. It feels like you're watching an episode of Justice League Unlimited for like 20 minutes, which I love. And it was executed very, very well. But the third act of the movie, it doesn't feel earned at all. I think that it's just really just rushed to this point and it's just not really fleshed out at all. And that really does segue into my next point, which is the underutilization of characters. I think they really underutilize this new universe that we step into with the Flashpoint. This is an adaptation of the comic book, The Flashpoint, but it's really changing a lot of what happens in that run. I think Supergirl was really underutilized. I think she could have just been used more, but especially Michael Keaton's Batman, I really wanted to see more characterization of him, of that character. A lot of my critiques from those 90s Batman movies is that they didn't really give that much characterization to Batman. We didn't really dive into the Batman except for 
Mass of the Phantasm and the Nolan trilogy. I think they really had a chance to rewrite some of the wrongs and just dive into the character like we never seen before. And Michael Keaton is a standout. He does do a lot of cool stuff, but I just would have liked more from him. And Zod is really the biggest one for me. And in the Flashpoint comic, we see that it's a civil war between Atlantis and the Amazonians. But we get so much just lore of this world, it really makes you really invest in this conflict. We don't really get that from this. This just really feels like a rehash and a retelling of Man of Steel, which is just uninteresting to me. Michael Shannon even came out and said that it was just unsatisfying playing Zod again. And I definitely can see why he says that. I mean, it's just, it doesn't do as much as I would have liked it to. And the cameos in this movie, that's another little minor critique. I don't think that this movie should be praised and worshipped just because it has cameos. I mean, just because you can point and yell and clap at a screen because you recognize someone from many years ago, that doesn't make a movie good. That's just invalid criticism in every way. I think that No Way Home, for all the just plot holes and all the flaws that movie has, it really does tackle this whole multiverse concept a lot better than this did. Like I said, with Zod, it really does feel like it's not earned. They don't really do anything with that. With No Way Home, they take all these villains and they try to rewrite the wrongs from the past movie with the writing for these characters, and they also expand on that. The way they take all the past Spider-Men and they just recontextualize them and really tackling what it means to be Spider-Man in that movie, that's what I like about it. But this just feels unearned. It feels like it just could have just been a Flash story alone and not a Flashpoint movie. I'm not sure why they went for such a broad concept, and I feel like it was just executed very, very poorly. It does have its many flaws, but I think it does have a lot of things it did very, very well. Like, for example, it is very thematically rich. Andy Muschietti, he directed It Chapter 1, Chapter 2, mainly with It Chapter 1 and 2. Those two movies really hit home. They tell very intimate stories, and they also are very scary, but they have such strong moments, and they really touch you for sure. I watched these movies back in, I think, September or November of last year, and I still think about them. And now the same can be said for this movie. This movie, like I said, died into themes of letting go, moving on. The second act of this movie is so strong. It really is rushed in the beginning because that's the setup and build up to really propel you into the second act, which is the longest part of the movie, and it's just so well done. The story is great. I love the relationship between the two berries. I love the comedy. It's very, very funny. But that's what it really should have focused on. I think it should have picked between one or the other. Trying to tell an interesting story or selling a bunch of tickets, showing off a broad, massive spectacle. Benjamin Walfish did the score for this movie, and he absolutely knocked it out of the park. I've had him in my rotation for months now, and I really heard what he can do as a composer. And this movie, he also just does deliver a very, very beautiful piece of music. He did the score for Blade Runner 2049, which obviously is beautiful it's one of my favorites of all time he has a lot of movies under his belt as a composer and he really does come to this one and gives us something so beautiful i have to go and listen to all of them again but he did a very good job with that that's another one of my very high positives for this movie it was also recently announced that andy muschietti was also going to be directing batman brave and the bold and i think that as a director there's probably a lot of pressure stepping into seeing the history of this character in filmmaking with the Dark Knight trilogy, Batman Begins, recently The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves. That's a lot of pressure as a director, but I think even more pressure would be whoever's composing the film. I hope that Benjamin is their top pick, and I mean, I'm seeing that they've been collaborating as director and composer for many films. I hope that Walfish comes back to compose the movie, because I think that he can do something very, very special. 
like how he's done with all his other projects. This was Ben Affleck's final performance for the character. He never really got a chance as Batman. He never really got his own movie. And just a lot of corporate interference really messed up what Zack Snyder was trying to do with this character. But in this movie, he has a moment where he tells Barry, these scars we have make us who we are. We're not meant to go back and fix them. That is such a great moment. Ben Affleck just really knocked it out of the park for what he was given and the time that he had in this movie. And I wish you really could have seen more from him. So with Andy Muschietti's The Flash, I think my final ranking will be a 3.5 out of 5. This may go lower or higher as time progresses. I really wanted this movie to be good. I really wanted to love it. This was the movie I was most excited for this month, even more excited than Across the Spider-Verse, because of just, I knew what this director could do. I knew what The Flash can do in its own movie, and I'm just disappointed. I'm very disappointed. I think just what they did with Zod, it could have just been well executed, and it just really was just there to sell tickets. I think Michael Keaton also was just there to sell tickets. Supergirl just used to sell tickets. It didn't really do a good job of standing on its own. I think it really just should have picked between being a Flash movie or being a big multiverse movie. The second act of this movie is very, very strong, just, just with Barry diving into the trauma that he has with his mother and the fact that he has an opportunity to change it, I think just makes him so human. I'm interested to see wherever James Gunn takes this new universe. I think that the biggest thing that makes me upset while watching this movie is having to go into a DC movie pretending that this is just one big cohesive vision that they're planning out and they've been planning out for years. I just want a hard reset. As much as I love the Zack Snyder movies, those really have a place in my heart. Man of Steel is beautiful. Batman vs Superman is very, very misunderstood. Zack Snyder Justice League is incredible. For all of that good, I think that it has just come to a point where we need to just say goodbye. I don't want this anymore. As much as I love it, I think it's easier to let go than it is to just hold on to nothing. That's what I think of The Flash. Let me know what you think. Did you love it? Let me know. Let me know why I'm wrong. Leave me a review on your preferred podcast platform. The Q&A feature is live on Spotify. You can go ahead and use that. I really just want to know what dirt they had on Tom Cruise and all these other celebrities to praise this movie this much. You can go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, which is linked down in the show notes. Until next time, I'm your host, Logan, and I'll see you in the movies.